Welcome to the Naturally Nourished podcast that delivers cutting-edge food as medicine solutions for optimal health. Allie Miller is a nutrition expert sought up by the media and America's top medical institutes for her revolutionary functional medicine interventions. From disease treatment to prevention, every episode will empower you with ways to put yourself back in control of your health. Please note, the topics discussed are for educational purposes only. Now welcome, Integrative Dietitians Allie Miller and her co-host Becky Yu. Hi everyone, thank you so much for joining us. Becky here and I am back at it and we are recording a bit of a late night podcast episode. Allie's here too, of course. Hey everyone, welcome this evening. This is like a unique scenario. <laughs> We're rolling with it. We're rolling with it. So today is episode 45 and it is all about balanced beverages. So Becky and I are taking on a lighter topic and may entertain a grab grab bag of Q&A if we allow time. But I think we have a lot of great content tonight because beverages are a huge topic. I'm constantly hearing from clients, what do I drink other than water? And the burnout on the green smoothie and questions on what's important and needed for balance in a beverage, as well as some good replacements for old habits. So tonight we're gonna cover all of those bases and leave you guys with some nourishing tips to stay hydrated as well as cleanse and support your palate. Sounds good. I'm really excited for this one. So let's jump right in. Why is hydration so important, Allie? Well, we always talk about the influence of the body composition, and really the body is 60% plus of water as far as weight, and our muscles and brain are over 70% of that when it includes the muscle with the weight of the hydration. We know muscle weighs more than fat, and that's because it allows water to penetrate. And so when we're talking about fluid, ensuring that you have optimal fluid status has a huge array of health-related consequences if you don't meet your status of needs. And so we can see things from headaches like neurological imbalances, the cerebral spinal fluid, of course, requires fluid balance in the body and so all the nourishment to our entire neuromuscular system we can even see within that that kind of hpa axis that influence to stress and body temperature regulation hydration status plays a huge role there and our body temperature also optimally influences our metabolism if our body temperature is more thermogenic, we're gonna burn calories more efficiently. So water can help us to create caloric burn, especially certain temperatures of water and their influence on the body. And Allie, what about beauty or skin health? Yes, so water plays a huge role there. As we age, we tend to have changes in our hormones and also some fatty acid deficiency levels to be more prone. So supporting our liver and gallbladder are really important for that sense, but also drinking ample water that's going to help with skin elasticity and keeping the skin actually hydrated as well, which will keep the skin more supple and looking young. And then what about weight and metabolism? So yeah, you know, I mentioned a little bit about the body temperature influence there, but also we do know that there's a process in the body called lipolysis, 
Lipolysis is the biochemical process of lysing fat cells with water or hydrolytic reactions in the body. And so it actually requires water biochemically to burn fat. Um, so I always say to my clients, this is like the cheapest diet supplement that you can have. It's to optimize your hydration status because dehydration hinders your body's ability to burn fat. And then also it can play a little bit of role with bloat in the GI tract because it can help with constipation. So, you know, when we add fiber and have a whole foods based diet, fiber can act just as much as a broom as it can a brick and we prefer it to be a broom. And so if you don't have ample hydration, um, the colon is the really secondary place for reabsorbing fluid. And so this can cause a lot of constipation if we don't have enough hydration in that area. And that's also why electrolytes are important with our water. And then what about energy levels? I know um, one of the quickest things when I'm feeling really tired or getting an afternoon slump, sometimes I'll just grab a glass of water and kind of see if it's that. Um, what What's the role with energy? For sure. And that also kind of connects to the influence that it has on our central nervous system. And that plays that connection again with temperature regulation and headaches. But it does play a role with our energy levels. And water does play a role within our Krebs cycle, our actual biochemical energy production within the body. Um, and in that liking, it also carries oxygen to our cells. And oxygen is very energizing. That's actually what can help to keep us alert um, cognitively and um, also play a beneficial influence on our energy throughout the day. So fatigue, the first thing we typically go for is like food for a pick-me-up. And that's where we can pack on calories and maybe um, eat to compensate for fatigue. But it could be, like you said, Becky, totally. Going for just a, an eight-ounce glass of water might be the best fit and can also to help you burn fat. So I think that's a two for one. Yep. And then what about the role of detoxification? How does water help out with detox? Yeah. So the detox process, you know, we're using our liver and our kidneys predominantly, and the kidneys are the filter that transitions the blood into urine. And so the higher solute load or the higher dense the, the blood is, that's going to take a heavier hit or impact on the kidneys. So that's why we often demonize like a high protein diet on kidney damage. So water is super important to dilute out solutes and when we're doing a actual nutritional detox and supporting our body with sulfur containing compounds and antioxidants having ample amounts of water helps us in the process of releasing and uh, actually excreting those toxins that were broken down and activated with the nutritional compounds Awesome. So Allie, um, what signs would we look for when we're talking about dehydration? What are some of the common signs other than headaches that you mentioned and maybe the fatigue? What else? Right. So, I mean, I don't think we could call weight gain a symptom, right, of dehydration, but some of the more acute stuff for sure would be, like you said, the headaches, the fatigue, elevated blood pressure can actually be a symptom of dehydration or a sign. And this can also be accompanied with lightheadedness or dizziness or like tunnel vision. That's often changes in our vasodilation and constriction. And this can occur because of dehydration and even furthermore can cause things like heart palpitations. So cardiovascular concerns Concerns can actually be misdiagnosed for something as simple as dehydration. It's definitely important to keep that important muscle of your body rocking and on par. And then muscle cramps and spasms in general. So like um, in yoga often, we'll get cramping in the toes or in the calves. These can be mineral imbalances or deficiencies or electrolyte imbalances, but hydration is the first thing to go to. 
And then finally, something you can see is actually visual symptoms of dehydration, which can be seen with like dry mouth and cracking lips. That's something that I'm always watching for with Stella, my baby, you know, watching her mm -hmm. mouth, especially when she transitioned from breastfeeding. It was like, how do we monitor her drinking because she doesn't take any bottles? So we are trying to give her more water bottles and such in her uh, clean canteen. But anyway, I'm always watching her lips and checking how moist they are and then also monitoring her urine. So, you know, looking for changes in the color of urine when it's very dark, it's often going to be a sign of dehydration or just actual less urinary output is a big thing as well. And then Allie, what about hunger? I know that um, this is kind of a common thing that people say is that um, you should always drink a glass of water if you think you're hungry. It, it's um, a symptom that masks dehydration. We can think we're hungry even after a meal. For sure. Yeah. I, I think that that's a, a good technique. And, you know, one of the concerns is when we are going to eat, that's probably not the best time. And, sure. and you know, yep. but definitely if we have just eaten, like you said, waiting 30 minutes after a meal so that our digestive enzymes and hydrochloric acid and optimized stomach pH can really hit at the food particles to optimize the absorption of the nutrients in the meal. Then after 30 minutes plus, water's a great go-to. If you know cognitively, you know, you look at your watch and you're like, there's no way I'm hungry. I think water would be a really great thing to go for there too. And it could even help with cognition in general and, and brain fog. So when you're feeling a little foggy, again, back to the fatigue thing, right? And then eating to stay awake. So I think that's definitely a connection, the craving or the lifestyle symptom of the fatigue or hunger and, and kind of overcompensating when water could be a true solution. Okay. So what about um, getting back to the timing of hydration? So you just mentioned digestive enzymes. Can you yes. talk a little bit more about that? Yeah. So I've actually been quoted in Prevention Magazine and a couple different uh, articles about this concept because I think it's a lot of misinformation that's important to get out there. I've had numerous clients tell me that changing the way that they drink water has had really favorable influence on their digestive tract. And these are people that suffer from really severe bloating or distension, and it's because they were seriously diluting their digestive juices. So make sure that you do not chug water when you sit down for a meal. You know, that's something that often I'll hear recommended by like a weight loss coach and such is, you know, chug at least a pint glass of water once you order your food. So when the food comes, you're not hungry. Well, that's really going to hinder your digestive juices. So you want to maintain an optimal pH level, which is going to be a very acidic, low pH, uh, which is going to help to activate the protein containing proteolytic enzymes and different forms of enzymes also that are stimulated by bile uh, flow from the gallbladder and help with fat absorption. This is really important in absorption and breakdown of the food particles you're consuming. And if you drink too much water before or right with or after meals, you can dilute. So I really recommend trying to stay around honestly only like six ounces of water during a meal time, really just to kind of wet your whistle. Yep. So yeah, push that water glass away. When you go to a restaurant, they're constantly refilling it. And I can find that's really problematic. If, For you know, sure. You don't have a, a metric. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. So usually what I do, I take a few sips to take my digestive enzyme and then I'll wait to kind of time it out until 30 minutes after. I thought you were going to uh, say, I take the few sips to take my digestive enzymes and then I just push it away and, then I just and, and sip on wine. Drink wine. That's <laughs> probably actually what happens. If I only get six ounces, it may not be water. This is true. <laughs> this is true. So, so Ali, yeah, uh -huh, go ahead. Uh, let's talk about how much water we actually need before we delve into 
some of our other um, exciting recipes that we have. How much water do people okay. need and how can we calculate this? Good, good, good. So as far as water, again, during mealtimes, try to limit that to about six ounces, eight ounces max. But throughout the day, we want to look at half of our body weight in pounds equivalent in fluid ounces. So you'd basically take your weight in pounds. So if you are someone that weighs 200 pounds, you would require 100 fluid ounces of water a day. And there's 33 fluid ounces in a liter. So we'd be looking at about three liters for that individual. So that's a really simple calculation to start with. See how you feel. It's interesting. A lot of people feel like they're going to, or so they say, I feel like I'm going to swim away or I'm so <laughs> overhydrated or I'm so full of water, but the system will recalibrate. I also hear often, oh my gosh, I'm peeing all night. Same thing. The system will recalibrate. And, um, you know, there are other influencers on our urination during the night and that can be certain hormones and such so something to watch but you do want to cut your water off also I say within the last hour and a half before bed I think that's really helpful and then um, another helpful tool you know once we've figured out that calculation is getting a water bottle that is either one third or one half of your amount totally. so if you needed 80 ounces for example I know my water bottle is it's the naturally nourished one uh, the stainless steel clean canteen and it's 40 ounces so I know I need two of those in a day so promo real quick this wasn't planned but I'm just thinking <laughs> promo uh, we're gonna offer I know we're gonna talk a little bit about our grass-fed way when we talk about meal replacements and such but we'll do a promo if you get two tubs of grass-fed whey, you can get them both at 20% off and a free stainless steel water bottle. Um, it's 40 fluid ounces. And so it's really fantastic because like Becky said, it could be half or at least a third, but for most people, half of their body water needs uh, per day. And it's in a non toxic container so stainless steel is the best food grade alloy and non-toxic doesn't leach anything doesn't have a metallic taste and definitely doesn't have any of those nasty xenoestrogens and hormone mimicking molecules that we talked about last episode in episode 44 on hormonal balance so another good one filled with info but if you guys are interested uh, for the free water bottle we'll just do a code that is podcast h2o and uh, you'll get a free water bottle with your purchase of two or more grass-fed ways awesome yeah That's so a pretty I, exciting deal and with my thing on that before we go into the, the nitty-gritty of the episode which i'm excited to get into is i also like becky i drink out of that same water bottle but I also notice that I have to keep the lid off, which Brady's always like chasing me around with my lid. And I often have that moment too. And I need to go in the car. Where's my lid? Uh, but I noticed that if I don't put the lid on, I drink much more frequent. And if I have to unscrew the lid, same thing why people say sometimes say drinking out of a straw is helpful. That's a great trick, actually. I never thought <laughs> of that. <laughs> Until you spill it and then your husband yells at you. But yes. Right. <laughs> I finally actually got Byron drinking out of the same water bottle. I got him one and he's drinking way more water. So it, it does work. And repping the brand. It's a beautiful yep. thing. Yep. <laughs> awesome. All right. So let's jump in now to the meat of our episode. Let's talk about categories of beverages. So if we had to take beverages other than water, which we've talked a lot about, if we had to take them and break them down into a couple different categories, what would you say those categories are? Well, I think let's touch on for sure, like a meal replacement, which is a helpful add-in for weight loss or just for optimizing nourishment beyond, you know, a weight loss goal. Using a shake or a smoothie 
are going to be great options for a meal replacer because they can have a lot of your protein building blocks. I know definitely as a busy mom and between clients, I love to do a smoothie or a shake as a meal replacement midday because my digestive enzymes aren't optimized. I'm typically high stress. I'm go, 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 go. And I have room for a couple like small bites, which is my mini adult lunchable or maybe even just a snack and then meal replacement. So meal replacement is one we got to hit on tonight. And then I think boosters would be a fun one. So talking about kind of superfoods and boosters, things that optimize our detox processes, have high antioxidants and such. And then let's talk a little bit about mocktail slash cocktail and hit both ends of the spectrum there of other beverages that are health healthy and optimal for social events and how to navigate good, better, best. Okay, so let's start then with the meal replacement. So the smoothies and shakes that you mentioned. Yes. So smoothies are huge and I know that they can often become sugar stacked crazy things. Um, Carb bombs. Yeah, car bombs. I was looking for something fun to say and it just wasn't rolling. (laughs) Sugar stacked crazy things works good too, right? Uh, But anyway. I saw at one point there was a Smoothie King green smoothie. So it's a green smoothie. So you'd order it because we're trying to do something good, right? Get our leafy greens in. And it had as much sugar as 10 Krispy Kreme donuts in it. And I think something similar happened to you, Becky, at a juice bar. It was like a matcha smoothie and it had what in it? It was a matcha smoothie. And I I always ask now because I actually did used to run a juice bar. um, So I always ask, you know, even if the ingredients are listed on the board, they're not telling you the amounts or proportions. Um, So I always ask exactly what's going into, okay, I'll have the 16 ounce. Tell me exactly your recipe. How many Uh, dates, right? (laughs) So it was, I think a banana or even a banana and a half, four dates. And then there was like half a cup of blueberries or maybe even a full cup of blueberries. It it got upwards. I was starting to calculate in my head and do the RD thing. Um, And it got upwards of 60 grams, which I always try to keep my smoothies at least under 30. So I had them pull out, you know, the banana entirely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we were getting up there. Yeah, so smoothies can be a great vehicle for increasing your nutritional density because you can pack in a lot of stuff. And, you know, like I was saying earlier, smoothies are great because you don't have to really masticate or break it down orally. You also don't require as many enzymes. It's kind of pre-digested for you, so great delivery of nutritional density. But the con is that smoothies can be a sugar shit show. (laughs) I like that better, I think. That Um, is better. (laughs) Sugar shit show. Smoothies are a sugar shit show, uh, if not done right. So like Becky said, we're really cognizant. And when I put together the recipes for the Naturally Nourished Cookbook, I made sure that 33, I believe, is the max. Uh, So yeah, 30 grams of carbs is kind of that upper limit as far as definitely any meal. And that's really what is going to distinguish a smoothie from a protein shake. So it can be a great option, but it can also be high in sugar. Yeah, definitely. So let's talk about that, Allie. I know I see a lot of clients struggling with, okay, you told me to make smoothies. I'm dumping three cups of blueberries in there and some milk, and I don't know what else to put, you know? Um, So let's talk about beyond just the carbohydrate restriction and and the macros. Let's talk about the components. 
yeah, what I, goes in that smoothie. I think otherwise it becomes that kitchen sink yuck stuff too, yeah. so for sure. So definitely the first thing I like to emphasize, which is probably unique, is ensuring that you get a healthy fat in every single smoothie. So this is going to really help to balance out your blood sugar levels. It's going to blunt that glycemic index so that blood sugar spike and kind of sit like a lid on a jar to help to prevent that blood sugar from spiking so dynamic and also dropping just as dynamic. And that's where we get higher body fat storage. So adding actually healthy fats and whole food forms of fats are going to help to blunt that glycemic spiking, which is going to keep your satiety or satiation or feeling of fullness extend longer and also nourish your brain and nervous system, balance your hormones, and boost your metabolism. So some of my favorites are things like chia seed or hemp seed, flax seeds. I do recommend pre-grinding your flax seeds dry, and then I just keep a jar in the freezer. And then uh, nut butters. Adding actual nuts uh, is a great way instead of making a nut milk, you just add nuts and water and make your nut milk in the process of making your smoothie. Same thing with coconut shreds. And then I also would add things like coconut oil, coconut milk, and then even things like whole fat dairy and avocado. So these would really form like the base of your smoothie. Like you were saying, maybe a nut milk, but if we did something like an almond milk, we'd still want to add a fat, right? Absolutely. Well, be- especially a store-bought almond milk. Yep. You know, if I was yep. taking a quarter cup of almonds and six ounces of water in my sure. blender, that would totally count. So yeah, the big thing is the store-bought almond milks are typically glorified water. <laughs> yep. So unfortunately, you'd still definitely want to add a fat to that. And even regardless, you might want to add, sometimes I'll add half of an avocado and then still a third cup of coconut coconut milk and that is getting upwards of 250 calories excuse me um so a higher calorie smoothie but if it's a meal replacement and that's what I need that day that works so sure definitely and then we definitely want to watch the fruit intake so I think that's the second priority is keeping those carbs in check I generally recommend keeping within max one cup of fruit and typically for some clients we'll recommend a max of a half cup so one to two carb exchanges some of the things like the berries you're going to get higher portions of like an entire cup or or at least two-thirds cup and then about a third of a banana so only really about three inch chunk of banana frozen would count as one fruit option tropical fruits like your mango pineapple stone fruits all of those would be great in half cup portions or one small piece and generally speaking try to stick within that two options so if you do that three inch piece of banana then a half cup of peaches and that would be your fruit and that could be balanced with coconut milk Awesome. And then what about superfoods or other things to boost your smoothie? I know a lot of people like to put ginger or turmeric, but what else is out there? What else can we put in? I think with my peach smoothie, I would totally add (laughs) peaches with the coconut milk. I think I'd probably add some cinnamon to help with blood sugar balance as well. And then also ginger just because, I mean, you know, it's like a peach cobbler thing at this point. But other things to add that are fun, I love to recommend maca, which helps to support the pituitary gland. That's one of those roots that uh, helps with the HPA access. So it helps with stress response, helps with actually boosting energy and can help with libido. So always a good thing to add on there can also help to balance out your progesterone. So a good thing for sexual hormone health. We can add things also like fresh herbs. So adding things like basil to a smoothie or rosemary to help with 
memory and vitamin E. We can add matcha powder for L-theanine and a little bit of caffeine boost. We can also add in other more medicinal herbs and seasonings. Um, it really just depends on your flavor profile. I would recommend trying to keep to about two choices here so you don't get that kitchen sink. <laughs> I have the patients too that just kind of open 20 jars and throw it all in there. Um, and so rotate. This is another time you could do something like the Kamu Kamu powder with a high vitamin C or elderberry. So all these things are things that can be considered, but I would say choose one or two and try to work with your flavor profile while still giving yourself those disease-fighting compounds. I love it. And then if you're using this as a meal, we want to use a protein as well, a concentrated protein. So what are some of your favorites, Allie? So if you can tolerate it, grass-fed whey and the naturally nourished grass-fed whey is something I would highly recommend. Uh, This is going to be a really key product because it is non-denatured. So it is going to be lower heat processed, which maintains some of those immunoglobulins or immune supporting compounds that you would find in like a raw milk. So the grass-fed whey is going to have that also going to have CLAs to boost metabolism and uh, support that microbiome with those immunoglobulins. And then that's what you're looking for, again, in a good quality product, non-denatured. And uh, the grass-fed whey will also be the most bioavailable form of protein. So like following exercise, you're actually going to absorb those amino acids more rapidly than you would from an egg or steak or chicken or something like that. So definitely that would be my go-to, grass-fed whey. Another thing to consider if you don't tolerate the whey would be an unsweetened pea protein. Another powdered product that you could look into would be uh, collagen protein. And so collagen is something we carry on uh, the website as well. We have really fun from the Vital uh, Proteins line. They're single individual sticks, which are fun. I always travel with those just because they're easy. And sometimes it's easier to travel with than a baggie of white grass-fed whey powder. So, you know, that's an okay option too. (laughs) Questionable, yeah. Yes, yes. And then also, I know, I swear, it's just glutathione in there. Um, And then uh, also uh, unsweetened Greek yogurt is another great option. This is something that's going to offer a nice tangy flavor profile and then even more of that probiotic microbiome support while providing some protein for your body. And then Allie, just to clarify, how much protein are we looking for in terms of grams? So I would say a minimum of 20 grams. And, you know, when we're looking to balance out the carb to protein ratio, like we said, if the carbs in a smoothie are max 30, we would want bar minimum 15 grams or more. But I would say 20 would be good if it's going to be anything that's going to emulate a meal replacement. Perfect. So let's talk, Becky. I know you recently did a really beautiful photo on the blog. Uh, Tell us about the smoothie that you just put up there. Oh, the the beet smoothie? Yeah. Um, That one's one of my favorites, especially that vibrant color. It's so beautiful. Um, So it has beets and raspberries for a really potent punch of antioxidants. It's got coconut water in there for electrolyte balance, especially in the summer when it's so hot and we're sweating so much. Um, And then Brazil nuts for selenium to support brain and thyroid health. I love that one. It's so good. Awesome. And then that one, we can add grass-fed whey, or I suppose we could add any of the protein powder options, but also it might do, have you tried that one with yogurt or no? I haven't done it with yogurt. I did mine with collagen, just personally on my MRT. Collagen seems to be my best option um, still at the moment. Okay. Okay. Cool. Cool. Awesome. So definitely same thing. And that's where we're emphasizing, you know, the variance of those Brazil nuts could be enough healthy fat to balance out the carbs in the beets and the raspberries. So you may not have to add a powder unless you're making that into a meal replacement. That's then when the protein powder would become more of a necessity for sure. Got it. 
And so talking more about protein, there's another meal replacer beyond smoothies. So let's talk about the protein shake and what the difference is there. So, you know, I think some of it's partially semantics. I tend to think of a smoothie with something that has something frozen in it that's blended and typically fruit. That's kind of how I compartmentalize it. And for me, protein shakes are those that would be keto friendly. So some of these still do involve blending. A super simplified protein shake could be as, you know, simple as the ingredients of full fat coconut milk with filtered water with cinnamon and the grass fed whey shaken in a shaker cup. And that's absolutely fine. And that would be considered a protein shake. And that's going to have, you know, your 24 grams of protein. It's going to have about 10 grams of fat, very little, I think zero to two grams of carbohydrates. So that would definitely be like friendly for a ketogenic diet as well as, you know, weight lifting recovery and just to kind of get those amino acids in there. The protein shake is typically going to have a little bit of a different mouthfeel. That one's going to be a lot more watery. Now the coconut milk would add a nicer, creamier hit to that. But you can also make protein shakes be more nourishing and more nostalgic and satiating. So some that I like to do, one of my favorites is the cacao cocoa shake, which uses a tablespoon of raw cacao powder. So you're getting a ton. That's 100% raw cacao. So you're getting all this antioxidants and the minerals like manganese and magnesium and copper. Two ounces of coconut milk, the full fat coconut milk, and then four ounces of filtered water. So you're just kind of making a light coconut milk in your own blender. Adding in a cup of greens from like chard or kale or baby spinach, all of those would work really nice. And then three to four ice cubes. After that's all blended, then you wanna add in your scoop of the grass fed whey. So especially, guys, just note, if you do purchase the grass-fed whey, which I totally recommend, you uh, definitely want to make sure that your smoothie or shake is homogenous or like fully incorporated and blended and then add in the whey at the end because our whey has no fillers or stabilizers or binders. And so what that means is it's going to float to the top and create like a frothy foam. And a lot of people, actually I've had some people say that they, they do like that, but I know I don't. Um, I really prefer it to be incorporated and kind of weighed down. So I make sure I blend everything first and then add that grass fed away and just kind of voop, voop, kind of zip it in the blender or even stir it in with a spoon sometimes. Yeah, it's about a, what, 10 second blend at maximum, I would say. Yes, yes, and for sure. I remember actually making this mistake the first few times I used this protein. Um, and then when some of my employees were using it actually at uh, oh, one yeah, of my prior juice bars, juice bar. yeah. we used to sell it. We used to use it in our products, but some employees that maybe weren't trained as well on its use, um, I would see their smoothies literally double in size in the blender. <laughs> and I was like, well, we can still serve that, but next time let's, right. let's do it's the like 10 second fluffy roll. pillow. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But you know that that's, that is a marker of integrity and good quality products. So that's something to be mindful of and, and just make sure you incorporate that really well. Yeah. And we'll link to, um, the way in the show notes, we'll also include that coupon code as well. We really love this product and, um, it really is awesome either for your protein shakes or your smoothies, either one would work. And even baked goods and things like that, I yeah. incorporate it into our uh, balanced banana muffins and all sorts of fun stuff that I do for Stella. It's a great add-on to make sure that we're getting a good variety of those amino acids. So we'll have two show notes and codes for you guys listening. One is podcast 20 and podcast 20 is going to be 20% off of any bottle of grass-fed whey. And then we'll also add on to the show notes 
podcast H2O and you can stack them. So if you add podcast H2O, that's just going to be for the free water bottle with purchase of two quantity of the 20% off grass fed weight. So we hope you guys take advantage of that and enjoy. Uh, cool. So before we go on, Becky, to the other uh, type of beverage, let's real quick get another protein, keto-friendly protein shake that you like to recommend to clients. Um, so one that I really like is it's super simple. And the other thing I'll say about the shakes is when I get clients that are resistant to smoothies and don't ha- or don't have a blender or don't want to make that mess, I'm like, okay, we could do this literally in a mason jar or if you have, you know, a shaker that's kind of the classic take to the gym, put your protein powder or right. your pre-workout, whatever in there. Um, that's, that's really what I like to do with them. Um, so this one's really simple and kind of classic nostalgic flavors of almost like peanut butter cup yes. flavor. Um, yes. so this is our A, B and C shake and it's a tablespoon of almond butter a tablespoon of the raw cacao powder. So you get that chocolate and almond butter playing really nicely, a teaspoon of vanilla extract, and this helps to add some sweetness. So we use this kind of as a trick in our keto classes to add a little sweet when we're not adding any actual, you know, honey or sugar or anything like that. Um, And then just one scoop of the grass-fed whey, and you would just blend all of them together. Yep, and I think that that also has a base in there of almond milk. And so yep, you would need some liquid. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that would be really good to eat with a spoon, but yes, that's okay. Yes. So yeah, yeah. adding in a, a good six to eight ounces of almond milk um, would be another, that'd be kind of the vehicle there and, and also kind of carry nice with the flavor profile. Awesome. So let's transition on to some of, I think we hit some of the pitfalls. So, you know, we talked about the pros and cons. The big thing with smoothies is they can get super high sugar. So that can drive hyperglycemia and we really have to watch out for that carb overload and adding fat is definitely key. The other thing we hear is sometimes that smoothies or protein shakes don't create that satiety or fullness. So if that's a a, a issue for you, then go for real food. That's absolutely fine. They're really a good tool though for those of us that don't have time to stop and eat and are busting and working through meals that need to gain nourishment. So you can use it on both ends of the spectrum. And then I think a big tool for again, post-workout recovery and then people that are just looking to meet their protein needs, for sure. Yep. And I will say, too, with the smoothies, I used to tell my juice bar patrons, chew your juice or chew your smoothie. You don't want to just chug it and slam it back as much as you can. You know, eat that faster than you could a salad or something. You still want to take your time with it and treat it like it is a meal for so sure. that you do get that satiety factor. And, and the digestive enzyme release, for sure. So I think that's absolutely a positive thing. Yes. Chew your smoothie. (laughs) Yes, chew your smoothie. Awesome. So great. I think we've covered some really good tasty ideas, some tasty recipes, and we'll have some good links for everyone who's listening. Yeah. So let's, um, let's talk about boosters you mentioned. What do you mean by this? So maybe a better name than booster is a health elixir, but I'm thinking of things that really help to support our immune system and also our stress response and are really taking this kind of food as medicine influence to a higher notch. So one of the big ones that I would put is our macho whip. And so even within this, I think that something I would think of as a booster could be keto coffee you know so these concepts where we're adding fat to caffeine would be a booster for sure adding coconut oil and grass-fed butter things that have conjugated linoleic acids i'm sorry that's in grass-fed way 
things that have oh no grass-fed butter too yes yep it's nighttime podcast sorry it's late (laughs) i'm correcting myself i'm uncorrecting myself so things that have conjugated linoleic acids or clas like seen in grass-fed butter as well as the mct oils in the coconut oil adding these two different types of fats both saturated fats to a warm beverage that has caffeine helps to optimize the absorption of both the fat and water soluble properties of the caffeine and boost thermogenesis or the caloric burn and this also helps to not only optimize our metabolism but help with sustaining our energy levels and the slow sustained release of the caffeine into our bloodstream and so the matcha whip takes something like keto coffee or bulletproof coffee to the next level by using matcha in the base with the warm water with the coconut oil and the grass-fed butter or you could use ghee and then adds in ginger to that to also add in some antioxidants Uh, that can also help as a really great antiemetic for nausea for times of uh, support during things like chemotherapy and such and so the matcha whip is going to give you that fat burning boost the energy boost and then that l-theanine which helps to reduce our stress response and that also plays a big role with our cognition. And then Allie, let's talk about, I know we've talked about other drinks that can reduce stress or help with stress response. Um, Let's talk about adaptogens and the role they can play in some of these booster beverages. Sure. So adaptogens are herbal compounds that help us to adapt to high stress demand. And so there's typically a very low toxicity with adaptogens, which is really great because you can take them as needed and increase them per stress demand. And so when we're looking at a good option here, I think this was a beverage that I came up with during the holidays because it kind of mimics like an eggnog. Um, And so this was with a immune boosting beverage, I think, uh, topic that I did for a TV segment and this used coconut milk and I'm going off of memory here so Becky will put the link in our show notes but it had coconut milk and water and then we also had ashwagandha powder in there so the ashwagandha powder was balanced with other synergy of those Ayurvedic compounds which included the ashwagandha the cinnamon and cayenne and then uh, coconut milk and then we whisked in an egg yolk to that I think it also had a little bit of warm water and basically this was frothed up where the yolk was added slowly incorporated so you don't scramble that yolk and then you whip it all in the blender with a couple of dates is that right did I get it I think that's about right I think I nailed it so good. I think you nailed it. It's but so good. Eggnog nostalgia, but yeah. it's also like this really calming, grounding beverage yes. at the same time. So coconut milk as the base, dates to sweeten it, that egg yolk to add those omega threes and choline and all those brain supportive compounds, and then the the uh, ashwagandha itself is a little bit bitter. So balancing that out with the cinnamon and then that pinch of cayenne, it just is awesome it's like a firework of warmth and it hugs you it's a it's a beverage that gives you a, a nice warm hug at the end of the day <laughs> and we're talking about this it's about 100 degrees during the day yeah, in houston right I still now want so it actually though yeah it's so good i'm really wanting some you so, drink it in the ac absolutely so that's definitely an elixir for sure it could be supportive in the morning or the evening and also one that you could add in collagen or grass-fed weight if you wanted to make that more of a meal for sure Yeah. And my favorite, just to jump in here, um, is the matcha latte that we recently put up on the blog. I think maybe Brady inspired this one. I'm Uh pretty sure. 
Um, and this one, so we we're using that matcha, really good source of L-theanine. And I've just found, you know, when I'm in high stress demand, coffee just doesn't work for me. It really burns me out. And I've been dealing with a fair amount of adrenal fatigue, if you will, for <laughs> a fair amount, definitely <laughs> for a while. So I found that matcha is um, more grounding for me and gives more of a stable, sustained energy, for like sure. we talked about. And then we add on top of that, we add coconut milk and coconut oil cinnamon and ginger for that warming spice and um, the blood sugar control and the gelatin I think we put in there for uh, gut and skin and hair and nail health. And it's just so rich and creamy. It's so good. That's awesome. And, And it's different than the whip, right? Because it adds in that gelatin, which creates a little more viscosity in the coconut milk itself. And I, I, I like that one a lot too, for sure. And, and I'm actually on week seven of my MRT and coffee is a yellow. And so I've been on the matcha train. I mean, I've always drank matcha. That was usually my midday. I would have my, my keto coffee in the morning and then my matcha midday. Now I'm on just matcha, but I will say for sure. And I've been totally, now that I'm done breastfeeding, sidebar, but now that I'm done breastfeeding, I'm totally raging the calm and clear. <laughs> and my, Brady's like, I, I hear this often from clients too, that their husband is the first one to notice like, oh, babe, like there's something just so mellow and cool about you (laughs) and I do feel that those are the two strongest attributes be calm and clear for sure but also that I've switched from coffee where I'm a little bit more anxiety agitated excitatory and it does it bumps up your epinephrine and it doesn't modulate your neurotransmitters like the L-theanine does in the matcha which really helps with those alpha brain waves so for sure total different experience on the body but yet still really excitatory and, and focused so Matcha, matcha, yeah. matcha. Yes. <laughs> okay, let's get to actually, mocktails. And yeah. Co- yeah, go ahead, girl. I drink it every morning, and um, my husband recently learned how to make it. So I'll just lay in bed and go, matcha, 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 and he brings it to me. It's yeah. amazing. Uh, um, I don't know if I can I continue that. that. Last? <laughs> now that um, I'm done studying for my RD exam, that was really my excuse to to lay in bed and, and act like that. But like, we'll you have see. letters after your name. Now you're all fancy. Yep. You yep. can make your you own got, matcha. You got to do this yourself. Um, so let's transition, Allie, into we talked about mocktails or also, you know, since it's evening time and I have a glass of wine next to me, let's talk about cocktails too. Yes. So we have a couple of fun ones on the blog here, and this can be totally a slippery slope for sure. I think that the dangerous element to cocktails and alcohol in general is the inhibition influence for sure. And that I often hear, especially with clients, that can lead to uncontrolled carb craving, right? So it's like they get home from a gathering and that's when they kind of munch and crunch and numb out. And so that's definitely something to be mindful of is what is your upper tolerance and be mindful of moderation. And if you are using an alcoholic beverage, make sure that that doesn't evoke or stimulate cravings. And if you are having wine, I have to speak to that first because I do like my glass of wine. Uh, You know, resveratrol is going to be highest in the Pinot Noir. And pairing fats with your wine will actually help you in your metabolic process, right? So this is where having actually your cheese or your olives or your nuts with your glass of wine is going to help to blunt that glycemic influence. And that'll also prevent that like crash in the middle of the night that you may get. A lot of people say that they get that like blood sugar drop in the middle of the night from alcohol. And that's often because the liver prioritizes metabolizing the alcohol first and then you get the blood sugar drop because the liver was not doing as good of a job, you know, making sugar for your body while you slept. So 
That's my spiel on alcohol. If you are to consume it, make sure you balance it with a little bit of fat. And uh, Pinot Noir is the best wine choice. And if you're talking cocktails now, let's talk about bases, which could be a mocktail. And then otherwise, maybe things that we can kind of spritz them up with. So one that I really like as a mixer and a fun blend, it's kind of like a detox, retox type thing is kombucha as a mixer. So doing fun, different, like there's the basil mojito or blueberry mojito blend or just the ginger blend and doing like a fun take on a Moscow mule, making a punch out of that. Or uh, I like to do also the Trilogy kombucha flavor, which has cranberry, raspberry, and ginger. Uh, And that one's a really fun play with a Blanco tequila or a vodka and I'll add a little bit of like Topo Chico or sparkling water to dilute it a little bit further and then just like an ounce of vodka and I can sip on those slow and that's a really nice one to put up in a champagne flute to do something fun and sparkly or like I said add more sparkling water and do it more in a mixer with ice. You can do the same type of concept as a spritzer with a base of a high antioxidant blend like the tart cherry juice or 100% cranberry juice. I really like the RW Nudsons brand. It's called Just Juice. So they have like just blueberry or just tart cherry or just cranberry. And uh, it is not going to be diluted with any water, not added with any sweeteners or sugar. So doing that with sparkling water and then maybe some citrus like lemon or lime. And that would be also optional to add like an ounce of a alcohol to that beverage. How about you, Becky? Mm-hmm. I found that just the sparkling water, you know, if you're craving a cocktail or you're used to a glass of wine, even just replacing with something that's not plain, boring old water can do the trick if we're trying to detox, if we're trying to stay yes. away from alcohol for whatever reason. Yes, absolutely. And I think uh, also different teas, like I'll try to save certain teas. I don't think we touch on this. So just real quick, uh, certain teas for the evening versus like daytime, you know, so that's something that I definitely am mindful of. I have a really nice lavender tea right now called sleepy time and that's kind of fun. And I've been doing that with a little bit of full fat coconut milk and water and fresh ginger. And that's just been like very like, Oh, at the end of the day, it's just special. Um, one day I got really overzealous and added an edible flower on top. Uh, so just things that kind of make you feel, uh, fancy and different. And it's that, again, it's that reward seeking at the end of the day that I was a good girl. Now what do I get type thing? And, uh, you know, it's, it's what we pick to fill that void for sure. How about um, any, uh, I know you just got back from Mexico City, Becky. How about any inspiration there? Oh yeah, way too <laughs> much inspiration. To <laughs> um, catch my drift, but there was a lot of really good tequila and also mezcal, like the smokier tequila there. Um, and so I really like doing that and I've done this ongoing, but now more so inspired by Mexico, um, just clear tequila with Topo Chico, which I think is only available in Texas or I don't, I know people listening from other sparkling places, you water. might have to, sorry, it's yeah, not sparkling that fancy. water. Um, it's not that fancy at all. It comes in a glass bottle and I really like it, but any sparkling water would do. And then just a little bit of lime. Um, this would also work well with a splash of watermelon juice. I know they do that at one of our favorite restaurants in Houston, um, with the watermelon and maybe a little, uh, jalapeno for some spice. Jalapeno, yeah. Yeah. Definitely some rock salt. Yeah. 
And this is one that you could even order when you're out. Um, I find that if you just ask for the exact ingredients, kind of like the smoothie thing, if you ask for those exact ingredients, they have everything they need behind the bar. They may tell you won't taste as good, but you can ask, I would like my cocktail without simple syrup and please just this, these three ingredients and most places will do it. Yep. And you have to watch out for some of those more viscous, uh, syrupy liqueurs. So like the triple sec and the grand Meunier, And th- those are the ones that typically add on the glycemic spike as well and the blood sugar spike and higher calories. And so definitely a true skinny margarita. I, I like to just, I'm sipping more neat. It sounds like kind of exactly what you said, where I'll just ask the bartender for Blanco, 1.5 ounce of Blanco tequila. And I've been doing a lot of Casamigas. I like that one. And then uh, George Clooney just sold it actually. I know, I heard. <laughs> George. Uh, but... Um, Anyway, an ounce and a half of that, and then I asked them to shake it with muddled jalapeno and two limes. I ask a very specific. Two limes. (laughs) There we go. And then a splash of soda water and salt on the rim. And it's just kind of like a shorty highball kind of thing, and uh, it's a sipper, but it it works really nice, and it's very clean for sure. I love it. So let's talk again about kind of where alcohol fits into optimal eating. I know you mentioned, so how does this fit? How often per week considered an indulgence, how many drinks, um, and what are some of the benefits and drawbacks? Right. So good, better, best. Yes. So, you know, the big thing I look at, like I said, moderation can be defined by the user. So, you know, for women, typically it's defined as one drink. For men, typically two. It really has to do with body weight and tolerance. But generally speaking, I like to work with a client of where they're starting at and being realistic. And, you know, again, what is that alcoholic beverage playing a filler as? And counting alcohol for what it is as far as at a meal. If you're going to give up truly your gluten-containing bread and you're going to give up high fructose corn syrup and you're doing a homemade vinaigrette and salmon... I feel that a glass of Pinot Noir would be more favorable than having a roll uh, that's made from processed ingredients and and has artificial compounds and more toxic compounds. So being mindful of kind of the good, better, best of where it fits. Generally speaking, though, I think that having a glass five times a week or something like that would work out really nice. And um, it's just about whether that's a choice that you'd like to spend your carbohydrate on or your indulgence on, right, And, and how that fits for you. The best options would be typically wine or some of these wild fermented ciders. So, you know, these are going to have probiotics in them and wine is going to have, like I mentioned, that resveratrol, which we've seen beneficial influence on the microbiome, also on lowering dementia and improving cardiovascular disease. So there are some negative influences we see with wine for candida or dysbiosis, and that's even more so exacerbated with the higher fermented or yeast added beverages like beer, or then that's where like the wild cider would not be a good idea. Uh, That's going to be a lot of fermented cultures and compounds. And then, you know, champagne, they add more active yeast to the distilled. And so that's also going to be worse for things like the dysbiosis and, and the candidiasis. Sure. So I know in our candida cleanse, we pull out all of those fermented alcohols for the six weeks. We do still allow spirits though. And and talking about spirits, Allie, which would be our best choices there? 
Oh, goodness. I really think now so many of them are, you know, triple or quadruple distilled that, you know, I think sourcing is still important. And I like the idea of like small barrel and aged and what have you. But truly, you know, I, I know that technically speaking, things like Grey Goose Vodka, uh, which is wheat derived, is safe for a celiac patient and has literally 0.00 something residue of gliadin compound. And so I do know, I used to actually, when I was navigating patients in the MRT protocol, trying to find like an alcohol based on the origin of the compound, like, oh, you need momopawa vodka because that's potato. And I'm not sure if I'm saying that word right. It's a, it's a, what, what origin is momopawa? Is it Polish? I have probably anyway, it's a, yeah potatoes it's, <laughs> it's a, vodka and potatoes then yes, it's Polish. Russian, Polish anyway something like yeah so so you know I used to recommend in that setting and then the more research I've done I've seen that you know I don't think that that's truly maybe as influential but it can't hurt you know if you have a huge reaction to barley maybe we shouldn't be drinking the barley based beverages and, and so forth but I, I think really honestly that that's a, a taste preference and then one that, that you're not getting as high volume alcohol probably stay away from the Everclear and such unless you're making an herbal tincture <laughs> sure you're not going to get anything happening out of that you're better off with a you know 40 to 70 percent uh, beverage <laughs> Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yes. So as long as you're eating and eating in balance, I think that it has its place and, you know, being mindful of consumption. And like Becky said, play with these as spritzers too, like using the palm juice or the tart cranberry juice and adding ginger and therapeutics. These can be definitely good nightcaps that support your system and don't have the guilt and don't influence your inhibitions. So that could be a favorable swap out for sure. And for all yeah. the mamas and to be mamas. Yeah. Yeah, or even something like bitters that, you know, they have a teensy sure. tiny bit of alcohol, but they'll have a more positive digestive influence. Um, yes. I think the company I like is called, is it Moonshine Bitters or have you heard of that one? Mm -mm. Um, I'll do that with Topo Chico and a little For bit sure. of tart cherry juice as a as a spritzer. That's yeah. really good. I did that when I was third trimestering and just burnt out. I was like, oh, bitters. I can order something at a bar. Yeah. <laughs> with my water. For sure. Yeah. I think that works well. <laughs> cool. All right. So, yeah, I was getting a little scared about the alcohol, but I'm feeling better, um, especially because, you know, we're known to have a dinner meeting with a glass of Pinot Noir or something like that. Or two. Or, or two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's when the creative uh, juices flow. Exactly. Exactly. So beyond these categories, Allie, um, how about just some basic applications and why drinking something other than water is important? Sure. So, I mean, the, the first thing I want you guys to all – takeaway is the importance of hydration in general, right? So I want you guys all to be mindful of that number of half of your body weight equivalent in fluid ounces of water a day. And then of that, about 32 fluid ounces of those needed fluid ounces can be from non-water compounds. So this can be, you know, so, okay, six ounces could be wine, <laughs> but yes, beyond that, right? We, we could add a smoothie, could be 12 to 16 ounces of that. Tea could be within that, right? So 32 ounces, generally speaking, or less uh, than a 
third, or I'm sorry, max of a third can come from non-water compounds. And these are helpful to include into your fluid as well because they help to add solutes. And when you add solutes, just like in our water rehydration solutions in the cookbook, we have a whole infusion section where we just take slices of orange and rosemary sprigs and things like that. Adding solutes to water helps to bring the water into the intracellular fluid, which can help with reducing edema, fluid retention, and actually help to teach your body to use the water. So definitely adding a solute is key for sure. So when you're saying solute, we're talking about things like lemon slices and cucumber and and mint for sure. Yeah. So just adding something to that plain old water. And now that would not have to go into that 32 ounce bank. That could be in your over other water, right? So that could be, that's still considered to me water. Just a simple infusion is just water with a little bit of solute added. So even adding, I'll often tell my keto patients to add a pinch of sea salt and to add the juice of half of a lemon because that's an electrolyte oral rehydration solution. So you can even take that a step further if you're non-keto and you're working outside and losing a lot of sweat, you'd wanna add some honey to that. That's actually gonna help for that glycemic influence. So truly honey with lemon and salt is a natural Gatorade. So this is something that can be used as an oral rehydration solution. If you wanna get really fancy, you could use coconut water as the base instead of just filtered water and, and that would work really nice as well. And then iced teas as well. Yes. So the last thing we didn't really touch on, kind of random, I talked a little bit about the warm teas. So iced teas could also work as your 32 fluid ounces or that category that's not just pure water. Now this would have to count in that section though where like the smoothies, the protein shakes, because these can influence as a diuretic, they can uh, actually cause a little bit of dehydration. So they have to be moderate to limited, but iced tea, like an Earl Grey Noir or a hibiscus tea, that would be more of an herbal option. These are gonna be great ways to bump up your electrolyte balance if you're adding citrus to them and also to bump up your antioxidants and just add flavor just keep it different so um, those are great things too the green tea bags for sure as well I like to do green tea with balls of melon cube that's a really nice combo or adding in cucumber slices for that too bumps up that EGCG for antioxidants and metabolism that sounds really good with the lemon, actually, or the melon, actually. Yeah, uh, that yeah. That's great. Just kind of good. That's more fitting maybe than our stress-busting steamer for the 103-degree yeah. weather. Yeah, right. And, <laughs> and what are you drinking um, today, Becky? Any other beyond your, beyond well, your Pinot Noir? What are you Today, I've, I've got Pinot Noir and water, but um, earlier today, I did um, some cucumber and basil-infused water, actually. I was just Ooh. feeling a little bit dehydrated and, and thought I would add something fun. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Awesome. So I hope that all of these different ideas, so we've talked about smoothies, we've talked about protein shakes, we've talked about elixirs and health boosters, and we've talked about also some mocktails and cocktails. And now just recently, other things you can add as infusions or, you know, using tea as an infusion to bump up your hydration status and meet your needs. I hope that these were helpful tips for you guys and that you can apply them and just start trying them. Check out the blog. We actually have a beverages section there. And if you'd like to take advantage of our two deals on this 
podcast. We offered the code PODCAST20 for 20% off any bottle of our grass-fed whey, so definitely check that out. You can just search that in our search bar, and we'll put it in the show notes but a great deal for a really high quality product. And then you can add on the coupon code podcast H2O to get your stainless steel, I believe in food as medicine, clean canteen water bottle. And so you can drink in style while staying low toxin. I hope you guys have a great day or evening if you're listening (laughs) at the time that we are. And uh, we'll catch you for episode 46. As always, thanks for listening and be well. Thank you for listening to the Naturally Nourished podcast. Visit our blog at AllieMillerRD.com for recipes, wellness tips, and food as medicine meal plans. Connect with Allie and Becky at AllieMillerRD on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Until next time, stay nourished and be well.